You're listening to RLCF Retrospective. This episode starts off a series we'll do of interviews with residents from the 2021 North Louisiana Virtual Residency. The release of these episodes coincides with the two-month exhibition of the works they completed from the residency. Produced in partnership with the North Central Louisiana Arts Council, RLCF is proud to have been able to provide an opportunity for artists to engage and collaborate with each other to produce new artworks. You can find more information about the residency and view the exhibition at nicklackgallery.org from February 1st through March 26th, 2022. In today's episode, Nicklack Executive Director Madeline Merrick talks with Eden Rodfar and Emily Taroni. Eden is an interdisciplinary artist in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Emily is a mixed-media collage artist in Cambridge, New York. My name is Eden Rodfar. I'm currently based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, and I am a multimedia artist. Um, I recently got my MFA in experimental art and technology. Um, and my background before then is in theater and film. Uh, so a lot of the work I do now, which is a lot of like multimedia installations when it's not a pandemic and I actually have the opportunity to do that. And it's sort of like taking a lot of stuff that would normally happen on a stage or a screen and kind of exploding it into three dimensional space that that an audience or visitors can actually walk through and experience and often touch. Um, there's usually sound, audiovisual elements, sculptural elements, um, and performance as well. And, um, and I do also do interactive work, which includes so like custom software and electronic media as well. Um, I'm Emily Taroni. I live in uh, Cambridge, New York. And I'm a mixed media collage artist. Um, I do mainly small collages about disability and other social and cultural issues. Um, I like to use surrealism and humor, as well as like pop culture in my work to dis uh, discuss the issues and kind of let the viewer um think about the issues in a new way and kind of acceptance and inclusivity is kind of the main concepts now i've shown in mainly uh galleries community galleries and do you mostly emily source your collage materials are they um, like vintage images, found images? Do you just find, do you, do you just print out? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mainly, I use a lot of magazine images, but I also like to use um, vintage older images from like encyclopedias and books. Also vintage images I find online that are like public domain, kind of like the mix um, different different sources together to create kind of one in contrast. So it's it's the different sources. Is it is that kind of your? I know some collage artists work this way. 
and maybe Emily, when you're kind of putting things together, you think this way of like by sifting and sorting and kind of digging, that's how you're coming up with your compositions. That kind of yeah, a lot of the time I, it's inspired by what I find and I go off of that. Sometimes I have an idea, but I, it's mainly, I find a bunch of stuff and I have a bunch of materials already organized and I kind of pull from that. Cool. What about Emily, when are you creating these digital images are they kind of are they like totally yours or are you kind of um altering manipulating kind of making a digital collage in a way or is it just all like you have an image in your head you create it and then it would yeah. i mainly do like um Analog collage. Yeah. But um yeah, I kind of use the sources and manipulate them. But I don't know, it's kinda of like my own idea, but also the other together. Um, Eden, how are you grabbing resources and putting them into your work? Uh yeah, I also tend to do a lot of collecting of stuff both material stuff and digital stuff um and um like emily i'm sort of also interested in discovering what emerges when i kind of juxtapose different things or i just like play with different materials and and see where i find en energy where things seem to be like responding to each other um and i use um also a lot of texturing and layering and different opacities pretty much in any medium I work in, whether it's digital or material or audio even. Um, yeah, it like that's that's a strong way that I work and I often find myself in uh, sort of dreamlike spaces, places that are somewhat abstract, uh, abstract um, and uh, often making sort of symbolic mythic references. Do you um, also have kind of this archive that you're pulling, like that's your starting point is your own kind of archive or something outside of? Yeah, more, more often than not, more often than not that like, and I like, using found materials is a very is an integral part of uh of my practice um sometimes i will have an image that i'm going after but oftentimes it'll be some kind of uh found image or gesture um or or texture that i find that that sort of sparks um sparks another image or an idea or a feeling that um that that I want to follow and explore more but a lot more digital versus analog like did y'all when when you both were considering working as a pair did you think oh you know she approaches things similarly though my work is 
analog or um, but my work is more digital but it's like the approach you know what kind of drew you to each other's styles or talk about how you kind of paired up um I think we're, we're both similar in how we use like collect things and like mixed media well she does more um performance and all that but also we came together because um we kind of were the last people to partner <laughs> but um it was i think it was a good pairing i was and i think it'll be interesting to see how it turns out yeah i think there are definitely a lot of parallels in our practices um both in terms of like using found images and objects and and um I noticed that that like Emily does also a lot of texturing and layering in ways that are kind of similar to the way that I work. Um, and I, I do a lot, I work a lot in 3D as well. Um, so, so yeah, we also felt like there were, there were both sort of similar through lines and also, um, you know, differences and compliments that, that can draw different things out of each other's practices. Um, like I, like, I really enjoy the way that, that Emily uses textures and colors and layers things up and manipulates the images. Um, and her sense of playfulness, um, while still having substantive content, which I feel like is something that, that I don't do very well and I'm interested in learning from. Um, but I like to play in other ways, um, like through improv improvisation or um, uh, just sort of a spontaneous response to things. Um, so, and and yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really enjoying how we're, we're doing um, how our work is like literally talking to each other now um, because we're sending each other stuff back and forth in the mail to make collage, to make mixed media collages from. Um, we're sort of, we're little, we're responding to each other's work. Our, our materials are talking to each other. Um, and I like that we're able to sort of actually have this physical material connection across distance. Um, and I think especially sort of, I think that's an interesting way to also sort of incorporate and reflect the reality of the pandemic. And to, to also just like, since, since we get so tied to the screens these days, like having, having new work to do that's not on a screen is really nice. Yeah, the idea of working with what we have, sending each other stuff, physical things and like pushing each other like she's more abstract more 3d different materials so I'm definitely being pushed to do new things and I and I think we're both pushing each other to like kind of unite our work but also like learn from each other mm -hmm. yeah and we're also interested in sort of celebrating the practice of using what's available it's something that's been 
forced on a lot of us because of the pandemic situation. Like everybody has just had to get creative with what's available to them um, and what's not available to them. Um, but since both of us already worked a lot in found materials, um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's for us, it's not it, like, we, we get how to sort of go around those limitations. Um, and I think we probably respond well to having limitations in terms of, um, yeah, it's what, what's available, um, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of space and, and in terms of, you know, internal resources, like, like everything has been stretched and taxed and, and impacted. So um, definitely in the background, we're thinking about that in the way we're approaching our project. For sure. Yeah, it seems it seems natural to have um, to, to want some kind of a focus. I wonder, Emily kind of mentioned just, you know, just when we just got on, like having a with residency or just having something to kind of focus on um, is really nice. How do you, how has the residency been? Is it been, you know, another thing to do that's stressful or has it been kind of this, like I can quiet my mind and just focus in on what's at hand? Yeah, it's definitely been for me um, helpful in my art and just in my life during the pandemic. It's been kind of like hard because like there's not a lot to do, but it's kind of like there's a lot to a lot going on that's not good. <laughs> and so yeah, that helps me focus on creating and it gives me some like limitations so I know um, what I want to do and but also doing new things and the timeline helps. And just every week sending stuff back and forth has, is really exciting and um, helpful. Yeah, for me too, it's been really great, especially because like I'm at home, there's five of us, I've got kids going to school online, I don't have a studio anymore. Um, so yeah, my practice has been feeling like really diffuse and really having I'll, yeah, difficulty focusing and carving out time and space for making. Um, so yeah, the residency has been really helpful in that way. Um, but I've, I've also been really surprised at like all the, the quality of the connections that, that we've made um, through the residency. Um, and I think it's I, it, like not a lot of residencies actually make the space very intentionally for collaboration. They just sort of wait for it to sort of arise organically. But I really have it, uh, appreciate having collaboration built into the project and also having a long-term collaboration built in as well. Um, I think, you know, in, in, in any residency, like there's, there's not a lot of that out there. So I have found that really, really helpful. And I really feel like it's, enriching and expanding my practice um, and just just building building connections in a in a wider web a much wider web than I would normally have access to yeah I've um 
I've never really collaborated with another artist. So it's been a really new cool experience and just everyone has different approaches. And from all over the world, we've been able to communicate and share. Yeah. yeah. And actually for, for me, you know, aside from it being a pan pandemic, um, having a virtual residency is actually really valuable because I think for, for a lot of people, residencies just aren't accessible either for monetary reasons or because we have families that we can't like uproot and move around um, or, you know, jobs that we have to stay at. Um, so, so yeah, like I'm definitely someone who has a lot of other life stuff happening that makes it difficult for me to, um, to participate a lot in, um, in real world, <laughs> in, in residencies where I have to like go be and live somewhere for a period of time. Um, that's, that's not something that's very accessible for me and my practice in sort of practical and financial terms. So, um, so I also really appreciate um, that the pandemic has sort of opened a lot of new doors in this way. Yeah, sometimes for, for sure, um, residencies are, they feel more like a summer camp than they do a networking opportunity. And really, they're, they're about networking and you know, sharing um, resources in which ends up being, you know, links to things and emails anyway. But um, yeah, I've, I've noticed that a lot more is happening quicker than I think it would if, um, yeah, if it was just, they can be just like adult summer camp, which is fun and it's nice to take a break and have, place for your mind but sometimes it's also um doesn't fit into the normal flow of your life very well so I could see how this residency would just kind of fit into someone's more daily routine um is there something you know that you've added into your practice because of COVID that you could see continuing beyond like a way of working that um, maybe it's this way of collaborating through sending stuff to friends or other, you know, artists. Could you see your collaboration extending like outside of this project? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I feel like it'll extend like also outside of the formal collaborations that I'm part of as well. Um, certainly this collaboration is um, bringing me back to analog collage, which I haven't done um, in a long time. So, and I, I'm looking forward to the things that I'm learning from that. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that, that certainly will impact my practice down the road. But, but, but certainly I think the collaborations that we're starting here in this residency have, will have a longer lifespan than just for the, for the residency. Yeah, definitely. And uh, using, sending materials, I think I'll definitely use that and just developing 
connections with other artists will definitely keep doing that and it'll help influence my work and get like feedback from more of a community. So I'll definitely be using that. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's also shown me that that like working virtually can work even with people that like you didn't know before. Um, so I think that, that it will give me more sort of courage to 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 continue to go out and, and try that in the future as well. Um, and I think we're also excited about because uh, beyond the sort of mailing back and forth of collages, we're also excited um, to potentially think about taking our work out into the spaces around us. We're thinking about doing um, either a stickering project and or doing um, locative collage work, um, which Emily has just introduced me to. So that's something that's new to me that I'm excited about trying, which is essentially like taking taking materials out into the environment and sort of collaging with the environment and the materials that we work with. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's really fascinating and, def and definitely I'm discovering new things that I'm sure are gonna impact my practice going forward. That's cool, do you wanna talk about, I'm not, I haven't heard of that before, Emily, how did you come across, is it like, like local, local, how do you spell that? Like location, but locative. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, there's a couple of artists on like Instagram that I've seen do it and that's kind of where we got it. There's a big community of collage artists on Instagram and there's a lot of ideas and stuff shared through that. Yeah, only... I think we're going to have to go after a show in the Scandinavian Collage Museum. <laughs> she shared with me there, there's a collage artist um, who does the locative work, but also has like con converted like an old shed in this uh, like uh, like it's like on the roadside in some really rural area in Norway, I think she is. Um, and, and yeah, she's converted it into this like tiny little museum. That's cool. So yeah, interesting. I, um, I wonder what their, the relationship of collage to just people's surroundings and um, I wonder what kind of drew certain collage artists to take their practice outside is that something like you've always wanted to do or it was kind of like oh that's just a cool way to like extend our project how did you um, it was just an idea I thought of because we were talking about um the environments that were in two different places and kind of sharing that through the mail, but also maybe like sharing in our separate communities, kind of bringing that together. And yeah, um, Eden came up with like the concept of like sharing our different places and what we have. And I was like, let's show that like to the community kind of thing I was thinking. Yeah, 
Yeah, I wonder, I've, I've wondered if more artists are starting to work either with their physical surroundings, like like Eden was saying, you know, with the limitations of what's available, what's around you, you know, what you have at hand, does that extend to, you know, what's right outside your door and your windows and, you know, what's like your actual neighborhood? Um, I, I work a lot that way personally that I'm always, you know, taking inspiration from walks I take and stuff like that. So I think I've always kind of been drawn to that. But it's interesting to think of COVID as really amplifying the idea of using what's around you. And collage artists do that a lot, but it's interesting to bring it into like a physical space. Um, does that kind of satisfy your 3D, you know, tendencies, Eden? Or is that just a natural progression of this project? It, it's kind of both. I mean, I've, I hadn't actually like thought of like literally taking, you know, images or bits of collages out and, and putting them in the environment. But there's definitely artists who have done, you know, like miniatures and um, things like things like that. Um, so, but, but I think this is sort of a playful and sort of readily accessible way to experiment with that, with that kind of thing. And, and it's also like, reminds me a little bit of like, like, you know, when you're a kid and you make fairy houses and things, things like that. So I, I also just like that um, playful element of it as well. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like it easily um accessible talk about yeah the stickers some um, is would you have certain finished collages um printed on the stickers or would you create the stickers how would that work um we haven't really um planned it out yet but i think so what we're doing is um, sending stuff in the mail weekly, creating collage out of that for like six weeks. Then we're going to see what we have and kind of go from there and decide how we want to move forward. Um, we could like print the collage on like sticker paper, but also like make like collage on the actual sticker paper kind of thing how it's progressing for sure yeah it was part of my second one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah i love I, I like i have so much fun just seeing what happens to the materials that i send okay. have they so yeah i guess we didn't talk much about the types of materials are they um have you branched out from like traditional kind of paper collage to like other types of objects? Um, yeah, um, Eden actually sent me like, uh, like her kids like clothing pieces, um, fabric, which I've never worked with before. And that's yeah, funny. yeah, I sent a bunch of a bunch of uh, yeah, project scraps in the last one and some like 
yeah, random, random stuff that, that tends to be the kind of stuff that I use. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's part of how I'm, I'm kind of nudging Emily toward more 3D stuff is just by sending her things that literally have more dimensionality to them. Um, and then also like, like I'll send probably next week, um, like some natural materials from, from my area. Cause, and that's something that I already do in my work is use like found biological materials. So I'll be sending some of that. Yeah. There's definitely some different ways that we could, could go with that. Um, and it's just a way of like, you know, thinking about extending our work um, out into the accessible spaces around us. Um, so, yeah, and I think I've, um, it's nice to take this time to use the snail mail and to just send stuff back and forth and allow a creative dialogue to emerge and then continue to respond to that. So not exactly knowing where it's gonna end, but just kind of letting the process. It seems like y'all both kind of maybe do that in your own work anyway, of just starting on a path, seeing what you do, um, learning from the process along the way. So does this way of working seem intuitive? Eden said maybe she's gaining, you know, a strength that she might not have add that Emily has a strength, you know, you're learning things, but does it also feel kind of natural to be working in this way? Feels like something that both feels really connected and emerging from our existing practices while also stretching us into new spaces that are, that are not comfortable and that are good learning zones for us. Do you think you know, having like a physical space to show this work? Is that something um, you really wish could happen? There you will be able to see the work of Tangible Metaphor you know, along with the other residency. seven projects in the residency. You know, having it just be a virtual space is that, um, you know, like if you had more of a, of a physical space, do you think your project would be any different? I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it would be different. Um, and we're definitely thinking toward, um, you know, having going, going after physical exhibitions as well once, once the body of work is created. Um, and, and it's also an interesting process to, to think about, you know, the physical ex exhibition space versus, versus the digital space and how they're different and how they can be used differently um, and interacted with in different ways. Yeah, um, definitely thinking kind of about both. Definitely like to have some kind of physical thing. Like maybe it'd be cool to have something in my area and something in her area. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be cool. Um, seems it seems doable that um, they can all go through the mail. To be creative, yep. they can go through the mail. You know. It's been neat to hear the different project ideas that, um, you know, think through 
how can it travel and how can it, um, you know, navigate different spaces, even, even though it was created digitally, um, virtually, can it have a life of its own? I think it's interesting. Yeah. Right, and well, and I'm like thinking about how, how to use space differently because because certainly you know if we're taking you know this series of collages and putting them on a wall they're going to be juxtaposed and arranged in space in a certain way that speaks in a certain way um sometimes it's a little bit harder to control how they appear in dig digital space so i think that's something that we're we're thinking about is how do you sort of adapt or translate those ideas that you would use in a physical space on a physical wall to um, a digital wall or how do you how do you make it more interesting than just a digital wall you know you documenting like any of your process with creating the collages or will it be more the focus on the finished piece is there some of both maybe You can explore the results yeah, of SEM Collective's experiment of processes on the site. Kind of documenting it. Um, I know we, in our uh, packets of mail, we kind of written stuff, and that's kind of helped me. And I think I'm gonna like keep that idea. And we definitely talked about maybe audio or something. Yeah, and we're definitely documenting the process and like taking pictures of each other's packets. And um, so it's possible that that might also become part of the, the finished project because it is so centered around sort of conversation and dialogue and trying to establish connections across distance and isolation. Yeah, when you were talking about a digital show and how it kind of, you know, looks different and feels different. It seems like sharing that part of um, the project, just the way it came about. Um, it, it almost seems like virtual shows need like more explanation in a way, which is interesting because, um, you know, Sometimes when I go to art galleries or museums, I don't always read all the text and I just, you know, I just take it in for what it is. But in the digital space, somehow that doesn't translate quite as yeah. like seamlessly. So having all this added, you know, documentation almost seems necessary. But, you know, maybe the more we're used to digital things, we won't require all of that. But there is something so um kind of immediate about walking in a space and just seeing something on the wall that I haven't decided how I feel about it either but I I imagine creating an ex you know an exhibition with all of that in mind it's, it's heavy it's a lot to think about um, so it's a big task for for you guys to be conceptualizing all of that at once yeah yeah, it's definitely sort of a, a translation process in a way, um, thinking about, because, you know, it's, 
in and in any translation you know process you you gain things and you lose things um so certainly like i don't think you can ever substitute for 3d space even with virtual 3d space like um because your body is not involved in the same way and you're not engaging all the senses in the same way um but there are things that you can do digitally that are not as easy to do in a physical space um so so yeah i think that's we just have to say okay what 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 are the what are the possibilities the new possibilities that are open in this space and kind of dig into exploring those rather than focusing on what's not in that space yeah it's similarly to how we've had to adapt to working digitally on everything and how we're collaborating digitally similar adaptations yeah I, I like thinking of it that way it's not what we're lacking is what we're adapting and, and gaining for sure i i think so because i think um even with things opening up or things you know being even more in person will keep some of what we've learned and you know have it just it won't all just go away just because um we can do things in person i think we'll still take what what we gain from this time and kind of create some new version of what we're all comfortable with doing and you you know getting used to doing so yeah i see that yeah I mean, in a way, it's it's forcing us to get better at adaptation, which is something we're all going to need in the future. Like, this is not going to be the last pandemic, and there are a lot of other changes happening in the world that are going to be disruptive to, you know, different parts of the world in different ways. Um, so. Yeah, and adapt. You know, it's kind of morbid, morbid, but like it's like helping us be more resilient toward whatever is coming around the corner. Well, yeah, it, it's a reality too that a lot of us haven't had to adapt to our surroundings, and then some have done that their whole life. So it's, I think, putting you know people in a uncomfortable position they've never been in, but others might be more used to being in uncomfortable situations and so you know who can um adapt better i think is 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 true like you become more ready for future issues and yeah i think yeah. It's, true. it's probably some some i mean i haven't been inconvenienced in this way ever in my life but it's it's showing me that that's such a privilege that i've never been inconvenience like this in my life so um it's definitely humbling too to look back on the year of like you know this is a huge thing in my lifetime and I'm sure most others but um yeah I won't I won't say that it's the last and I think if it's not the last I'll feel ready for the next thing I guess <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know for like um, the disability community, it's been um, 
helpful in some ways how everything's been virtual and that's really helped people become access to things they haven't been before like definitely me I wouldn't be able to do this so there's definitely more opportunities and hopefully um, it'll continue to offer these ways of doing things that are accessible to people because some people usually don't leave can't leave the house all the time so that's definitely a than a beneficial thing. Yeah, and I think also it's taught us a lot about, you know, where we and our societies are not very well, not not very adaptable and not very resilient and, and where those, those, those weaknesses are and where we need to learn how to do better, hopefully. For sure, yeah, yeah, beyond yeah, just the, you know, beyond just the immediate disruption of your life, yeah, what is it teaching us about what we do well, what we don't do, you know, what, what we're providing, what we're not, and then um, what does accessibility look like? What does, you know, it's not just enough to maybe say, you can come to our space, we have the right bathrooms and the right ramps, but what about, you know, beyond just you come here, but like, how can um, the things we're providing actually be helpful to the people they're being provided for and all that, yeah. Okay, guys, well, I think that's awesome. And um, I appreciate y'all being here and I think we got it. So. Sounds good. Thank you, Madeline and all the staff for making this space for us. Of course, it's been really fun. It's been um, just didn't know what it would be, but I think we're all very surprised and excited about what's happening and um, really excited to see the six months after when the work is really happening you know it's fun to connect but i think the whole goal is was to create this foundation so that the artwork can lead to something really interesting and so i think now having a little bit more breathing room and space to just do the work that's exciting to me um hearing that it's like happening behind the scenes it's like mm -hmm. yeah, it's working <laughs> yeah yeah, no, and I really feel like it is like, like, I see like little bits of what other people are working on. And it's like, the whole group is really um, exciting and brings like so many different backgrounds and perspectives and media um, that I think are just going to have, you know, re lead to really fertile collaborations. So I'm really looking forward to see what the other groups do also. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool group show online. And it's a great opportunity. So thank you. Visit nicklackgallery.org. That's N-C-L-A-C gallery.org to view the 2021 North Louisiana Virtual Residency Exhibition on display from February 1st through March 26, 2022. There, you will be able to see the results from their process along with the seven other bodies of work from the residency. The RLCF Retrospective Podcast is a project of the Ross Lynn Charitable Foundation and is produced in downtown Ruston, Louisiana. 
The background music is by Ross Lynn himself. To learn more about the Ross Lynn Foundation and how to support our work, you can visit us online at www.rosslynnfoundation.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to RLCF Retrospective. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. See you next time.